I'm Lemuel Gonzalez, Repentant Sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday School lesson, Without Words. In today's episode, I will discuss a minister and the church that is devoted to doing the right thing at a time of crisis, and not necessarily the good news. And Lemuel will lead a conversation on the basics of Christianity, starting in The More You Know. brought a story to my attention uh, that happened started happening around Christmas uh, of 2022 last year uh, now we're entering into January but the issues are still at hand uh, this happened in El Paso Texas where they were getting unseasonably cold weather now it's winter but in El Paso Texas the desert it's not usually snowing and but there has been a lot of extra cold weather this year, because climate change is real, and the crisis in El Paso was that there are thousands of migrants uh, coming through the borders every day at this point, fleeing even mm. more dire uh, areas. And he brought my attention, uh, the father... Rafael Garcia, the father, yes. is a Jesuit, mm-hmm. it's a priest, who is uh, the, the priest at Sacred Heart Church. I'm gonna, I want to make a little joke here, which is, I bet there are like seven Sacred Heart Churches in El Paso, Texas. But it's Sacred Heart Church in El Paso, te- Texas, which took upon itself what I would argue is its main tenant, which is to open its doors to all, uh, it decided to take in migrants, regardless of their immigration status, to protect them from the cold. Tell me why you wanted to talk about this. Because to me, every church should be doing this everywhere. All Oakland churches should be doing this for the rains that we're getting. Uh, because being wet for two weeks is a real soul destroyer. Yes. Um, it, wet and very, very cold. Yes. It's been bitterly cold. It's been bitterly cold. For California. For California, think. yes. I, yes. Know, I have friends in other parts of both the the, uh, the country and the world that are like, oh, 45 degrees? I wish it was 45 degrees. Yes, like, but no. we are not insulated for it. We're we not are not for dressed it. for no. it. Our cars can't handle it. Mm-mm. And then there is rain falling from the sky constantly. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole uh, system of, uh, of public works that are supposed to be, that are administered in parts of the country, for instance, that are used to this kind of snowfall. Yes. Or used to snowfall, used to these kind of yes. uh, weather conditions. And California is not one of them. No. We barely handle fires really well. We we don't do that either. <laughs> We're not great at things. Um, but to me, mm-hmm. my understanding of church maybe comes from the hunchback of Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. that understanding is sanctuary. Right. The church is sanctuary. Now, I do remember there was a big kerfuffle around a hurricane about three years ago where Joel Osteen refused to open the doors to his mega church to, as a, um, as a shelter, Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily for the unhoused population, 
because I don't believe that that was the concern, but for people who were displaced from their homes by the storm. Mm. Uh, and that felt... Wrong. Heinous to me. Yes. Not just wrong. Mm-hmm. Not just wrong like, oh no, you're wrong about something, but like wrong as in you're doing the exact opposite of what you're supposed to right. be doing. Um, and to me here, these are human beings no, at the mercy beings. of right. weather. The reason why I brought it to your attention <laughs> yes, and why I wanted to mention it today is that it's part of part of what the church is supposed to be doing both in on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also a part of the church ignoring the politics around the situation, right? Which the is church really and the and state are right. still separate. But what I for mean, now. they're supposed to be separate. Mm-hmm. They're not. No, necessarily. They're, there yes, are people but, who misguided people who are using uh, the teachings of the church in a way to try to dictate their actions or justifying what they're doing. Um, by putting scriptures out of context. And we're going to discuss that in our second segment, which yeah. is um, about God. But we going back to this. <laughs> this is also about God, turns right. out, though. Um, yeah, so there were shelters being put in place, mm-hmm. but they were being run by the municipalities. And the people knew that if they went there and they were undocumented, that there was going to be ICE officials. Right. And they would be... Deported. Deported, or just locked up, detained, separated from their families. What the father here, in this case, said. Father Garcia. Rafael Garcia. When he was interviewed uh, on CNN, he brought up something that you hear a lot of people who are offering shelter. A lot of ministers, and this started a movement in El Paso where other, it's reaching across ecumenical boundaries. and, And there's... Catholic and Protestant churches and even non-denominational churches, things like that, reaching out and and caring for people now and, and opening their doors. Especially because this was happening literally right around Christmas. Right. Now, I'm of the belief that the Christmas story didn't happen in December, but that's fine. No, it doesn't matter. It's when we it's celebrate the Christmas, Christmas story. Exactly. Um, and you don't turn people away in need. <laughs> Jesus was born in a stable because there was no room in the inn. Yeah. Which is something that he brought up. It's like, well, they were homeless for a night, a couple of nights. Right. They run to Egypt afterwards to avoid being slaughtered, essentially. And they wouldn't... They're illegal immigrants as well, on the run from their own country. Right. Right. So they... To say that somehow we are not... That rather we're going to deny these people shelter because they haven't come into the country legally is absurd because that flies in the face of what our faith or rather my faith is supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. And so that makes you or makes them rather, I don't want to put it on you, of course. uh, (laughs) That would make a person and they've been used these particular immigrants as political pawns. Some yes, of them have these been are shipped the same to, groups that are being shipped right. around, shipped around the country like they are ha- holiday hams. So for these this man to stand in the way and go, no, I'm going to throw open these doors. This is shelter for people. It doesn't matter where they come from or who they are. We're going to take in the women and children first, and room for the elderly and sick, and then the men, which I'm, is one thing, but. 
Um, the other thing is that we have to keep in mind that these people have come here with the intent to enter this country legally. Right. But there is a pandemic restriction right now that will not allow asylum seekers, which I don't understand <laughs> at all. There, there's a, a but very... that is what is happening. There is a uh-huh. moratorium on people who are seeking asylum. And I will tell you, as someone who once went to a health center in crisis uh-huh. to be met with a sign that said crisis hours are Tuesday oh, at 4? Yeah. There's no break in the need for asylum. Well, crisis so there really can't be a break crisis. in the... They I, don't wait. They don't. You know, I mean, I uh, I took care of uh, my father who was very ill for a very long time. Yeah. He would... It was the middle of the night. It was first thing in the morning. It was while I was at work. We were rushing off in the, the afternoon. Hospital. Yep. Right. So he was back in the emergency room. He was through the holidays. He was in the hospital. So it's, yeah, and it's it wasn't just like, well, it's Thanksgiving, so we're not doing right. this today. Of course, we're doing this today. It happens, <laughs> and so these people coming here are being shipped around the country. They're being rejected. They're being rejected by a government put into place that I will say once again. If our government belongs here, then we should not be restricting immigration because nobody yeah. asked for the immigration from Europe to be coming in the first place. Yeah, the idea that we restrict immigration is absurd on its face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really smacks of, well, we got ours so everybody else right. can dot 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 right (laughs) we try and keep this podcast clean there's really no way to end that sentence that's clean you know what i'm saying though right what i'm saying is this country if it's gonna be manifest destiny and the great america then you gotta let everybody in because the indigenous unfortunately let us in and so now and they've regretted it Gates every, and doors day, open ever every day ever since. And I I'll, I'll cannot blame them. cite a particular scripture about this. As a matter of fact, it's one of my favorites. It's not Corinthians 1, right? No. <laughs> it's uh, Matthew. Matthew? Chapter 25. Ooh, you guys, this we're going to talk about from the New Testament about Jesus. This yes, is, and it's a quote from Jesus stuff. as he's explaining Excellent. to people about Judgment Day. And he says to those on his right... Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous answered him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, etc., etc. And the Lord replies, Truly I tell you, whenever you did one, you did. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Yes. Which, I don't love the phrase least of, but right. I take the meaning. It, unfortunately, it This is a translation you. from yes. what he was saying. But, but he's saying, the in other poorest, words, The way that you treat the poorest among us is the way right. that... But... Not only the least of. Think about also the way he phrases it. 
least of these brothers and sisters of mine. He's right. qualifying himself, himself as, in there. Right. I'm a person who has no home. Right. He was um, right. a nomad. He was an itinerant preacher, wandering from place to place, taking shelter where he could. The, he even, he even uh, makes comments about that. Birds have nests, foxes have holes, I have no place to lay my head. But to the idea that you reject or you deny the immigrants coming here, they're a place to stay or even shelter if you want to make this they about... Wanna, we, they want right. to keep water out of their mouths. I mean, right. there are and they're, 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 who are... Right. Uh, watching... Um, monstrous. People on the border patrol who actually slash water bottles left behind by some individuals for people trapped out in the desert making the crossing. That's ridiculous. They will. The, you're killing people. You're actively killing people by doing that. Um, there has to be a different way of doing it's this. It's because they don't see those people as Right, but people. what does Jesus say? I'm just These, telling oh, No, I understand <laughs> that, but I'm saying let's look at it. Um, and maybe we should put that into this segment, your own personal Jesus. What would Jesus do in this situation? It's like, these are my brothers and sisters. Jesus would walk across that border. He would float across the border. <laughs> right. And he'd be like, what border? You made this right. up. This <laughs> and the a... people from this side of this made-up line uh-huh. are no different than the people on this side of right. the made-up line. We're all people. And I think that <sighs> it would help to start thinking of not just the immigrant who's coming into the country, the unhoused, everyone, as his brother and sister. Works for me. Because that way we'll just get rid of this sort of stigma that we have about people who that, that we consider um, to be less worthy of help. Yeah, no, we gotta... It's not. It's not okay. And um, hopefully this continues... In mm-hmm. other parts of the country, because with climate crisis, especially with what right. it is, we're going to have climate refugees. We're going to have really bad we're winters. We're going to have. We're going to have. We're not only going to have migrants mm-hmm. um, who are unhoused and need help that where they're not going to get accosted by the federal government, right? But we're also going to just have regular people with nine to five jobs who are unhoused yes. due to the vast wealth discrepancy that is happening in this country right now uh, and they are going to need shelter too because the climate is not getting better they need to be housed in the summer when it gets too hot to be outside mm-hmm. they're going to need to be housed in the winter when it is too cold or too wet to be outside Right. so churches open your doors open your doors next up Lemuel is going to tell us who God is in The More You Know. So I'm going to start at the beginning. We have detailed what Christians believe in as a topic came up, right? We would address, well, this is what they actually believe. This Mm -hmm. is what we're supposed to believe. But I think that in this case, I want to start at the beginning. Because in the beginning there was God. Right, exactly. So that's what who it says in the book. Is this God person? 
And also, uh, not a person. It raises this question about the book, right? Yes, the Bible is that the book you're talking That's about? The book. Yes. How much of that are we supposed to take and base ourselves on? The book itself does not. You know my thoughts. <laughs> well, I know your thoughts. <laughs> the book itself does not make any claims. And so it's claims made mostly by very kind of, um, by a lot of very sort of very literal uh, or very evangelical people. And, and I, I want they, to. It's, it's literal until it isn't. It's see, just I want to make a very cherry picked situation clear for no matter myself. who's talking about it. But yeah. Right. <laughs> Is that. For everyone out there, I believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he was crucified and rose on the third day. All of that, I do believe. Now, mind you, what we are talking about is an experience that's outside of what we can understand. And the people who saw it, saw it from the outside. God did not write the words down on paper. And we talked about that no, with St. Paul. No, and even though they keep saying it's the word of God, no, it isn't. Well... No. Some of it is, just the parts where he yells at Moses from a bush. So Christianity borrowed God from earlier sources. Judaism, of course. And they sourced even more ancient religious texts. Yep. The creation cycle and the story of Noah exists in other Near Eastern beliefs. Also, there's flood stories from... Everywhere. 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 Turns out, you guys, there was probably a big flood. There was a lot of people died. But not everyone but Noah. Maybe everybody but Noah from that part of the world. Right. (laughs) But yeah. I understood in studying this, in reading it years ago, when I began to really reconsider my system of beliefs, and it came uh, actually with you. I was watching a film I enjoyed as a kid. Uh, the Bible. It was a John Houston film. And no other person on the planet has ever said, we were watching a film I enjoyed as a kid, The Bible, <laughs> okay. starring John Houston. Well, anyhow. No child enjoyed that. As I'm watching this scene. <laughs> You're the, like Benjamin Button. <laughs> there's this scene where all the animals are going onto the ark. And as I'm watching the polar bears and the tigers and the giraffes, I'm thinking to myself, how did they get there? (laughs) And also, why did you leave the dinosaurs behind, you jerk? It's like, maybe maybe this is not meant to be taken literally. Literally, literally? So what I found was, in studying that, yes, there are versions of this story that exist in other myths at the time, that are contemporary or earlier. Mithras has the same birthday as Jesus. <laughs> Mithras, yes, but there's. Okay, I'm just saying. We'll get to Mithras it, when we get to Mithras. Stuff comes from all kinds of places. Right. But the creation cycle and the story of Noah, they exist in other religious beliefs, but the purpose is different. And that I really want to stress. The story is repurposed to tell a different kind of story and tell some, uh, to, to make a different point. Um. Sometimes when you're reading the the the, uh, the stories that the Genesis book of Genesis, for instance, borrows from, uh, they're filled with elements that would seem strange to a modern Christian. The gods that are in these stories are vulnerable. 
in the existing world of powerful demons and they can be fooled by magic spells or simple human ingenuity. That happens. Mm -hmm. So they're very much like, um, I think the film that we saw not too long ago, the Thor, the Marvel movie. Uh -huh. The gods are like that. They are petty. They fight with each other all the time. They're and people. They're, yes, they're outsized people. Yeah, they're people with superpowers. <laughs> it's a world of difference from Jehovah, all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful. So what I'm going to do right now is just briefly explain kind of where that comes from. The most obvious example of the, is, uh, of the creation story, God makes a garden and dresses it. All right? He creates a gardener to tend it, a man, in his own image. Unlike God, Adam cannot be alone. So God creates a woman from man's side, telling both of his new creations they're forbidden from eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil which grows in this garden. Real quick, mm -hmm. men do not have one rib more than women. If you say this in a science class, they will laugh at you. Go ahead. I didn't even make that mistake. I just... My mother lied to me. Okay. I don't know. I, it wasn't a mistake. I asked a question. I was given an answer, and then I turned that answer around, and I put it in the classroom, and I got laughed at. I did not know that she was messing with me. And she was, she didn't believe it. Right. She was messing with me. Well, Rude. <laughs> Eve gets tempted by a serpent, and she convinces her husband to eat it. And that leads to this odd passage. It's you. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work on the ground from which he had been taken. Genesis 3.23. Yes. So if we'd eaten the tree of life first and the tree of knowledge second, we would be vampires all. No, we wouldn't be vampires. Vampires live no. forever. <laughs> it's the only thing I know of that's the story <laughs> seems to suggest a rivalry between God and human beings, something unfamiliar to modern Christianity. It really does. It sounds a little like there are uh, other ways he's in which stealing right. my flavor and I'm not okay. Well, with in other it. words, he's saying He'll become like us, and he'll have the two things that make you, that define God for this culture at that time, which is immortality and the knowledge of good and evil. That's all that was required to be God at that point. You'd think that the ability to create the world <laughs> might, <laughs> might factor into it, right. but no. <laughs> so the thing is... Genesis God? Well, this also, there's a question about whether when he says, let us, that it, it apparently seems that in Hebrew, it's the equivalent of using the royal we. Okay. So. Because God was alone for a long time and he made his own friends himself. He, himself, and him. <laughs> so, it suggests that there, so this God that we're talking about now, this God who's now concerned about Human aspirations. Genesis God is very him. unfamiliar to Patty. modern Christianity. Yes, because it is. Uh, it's a that's a Jewish God, right? But even earlier than all, that, it's, yes, it's, but, it's a pre-Jewish God. But again, it's a repurposed but Genesis story. Genesis is from right? yes. G Genesis is taken from the Torah, right? Right. Like it's Old Testament. All the Old Testament stuff is Jewish books, that's right? The, and well, the, and so is the New Testament. <laughs> Sure. But, but the idea is that when we're looking at this, it's representing a different picture of God 
that was what they conceived of God at the time. And there didn't seem to be a very high standard for Godhood. Yeah, like, I literally don't understand why you're like, well, he might know good and evil, but he can't make good and evil, which is apparently what God done did. So calm down, so there, sir. There are other ways in which God seems, this God would seem unfamiliar to modern Christianity. He's a tribal God who plays favorites. He repents of having made man, so he floods the earth to wipe out all of mankind. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made the man... Made... This fucking language is rough. And it repented the Lord that he had made the man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Genesis 6, 5, 7. So here is a God, so we're introduced to a God who is concerned about a rivalry with mankind. Now we have a God who, it seems, changes his mind, which is something that we always, in Christianity, God doesn't change his mind. Uh, yeah, well, God changes his mind a whole bunch if you actually read the book. But the other thing right. that is funny to me is, couldn't God have just gone, eh, do over and smushed Earth up like a piece of paper and tossed it in a wastebasket? Yes. Why? Why a flood that didn't actually kill everybody? Because <laughs> like, he's going to save uh, a few people. Yes, now, more I'm, than two. I'll read the next passage again. Oh, okay. So. This God also demands absolute obedience. Later, when God chooses the patriarch Abraham for an exclusive pact, uh, uh, God this time later speaks to Abraham, and Abraham says, Here I am. And God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and we will come back to you. And Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went together. Isaac spoke up and said to his fa uh, father Abraham, Father, yes, my son Abraham replied, The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went off together. Now, we know how this story goes. At the very last moment, as Abraham's going to offer... Isaac, his only son, the son of his body that he made, uh, part of God's promise that he let's, would have... Let's not be overly hasty on how much Abraham had to do with the making of his son. Well, actually, God fine. had more to do with either of them because Sarah could not have children in Abraham. They were both very old at this point. So he's, God asks him to sacrifice this child, and then at the last minute says, no, you don't have to do it. 
and provides a sacrifice and all. This is a God that's completely unfamiliar to modern Christianity. You'll find this in Genesis 22, 1 through 5. Now, so we have a God who is... who doesn't want human beings to reach a potential despite the fact that he made them. A God who has regrets over making humanity so he wipes them all out. Not just animals, or not just man, animals and the birds, everything. He just wipes them all off the face of the earth. Uh, he drowns them and starts all over again. And then we have a God who, even after this, when he reaches Abraham, is a God who demands, or rather, yes, he demands such obedience that Abraham has to go, almost go through with sacrificing his own son. Because God told him to. Yeah. And contrast this with the vision of God presented later in the New Testament. This is the message we have all heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. First John 1 5. And the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4 8. Is this the same God? This suggests a few things. That either the nature of God is dynamic and can change, or the nature of God is immutable, and that these are stories about him written from someone outside of God making assumptions about what he was doing. Right. Which, Which is how that works, because God did, did not write the book. Right, God did exactly. not write the book. <laughs> but that's the reason, one of the reasons why. When we look at the Bible, we can't just sort of say this is literally written in stone, because it's presenting a picture of God that's evolving from these very strange beginnings. And it's taking in all these other sources and saying, well, this is a story about God, and he did this, and this is a story about God, and he did that. By the time that we get to Moses, we get to this very strange, Moses sees a burning bush. And when he asks, who are you? Uh, he says, I'm the God of your fathers. And then he goes, well, but what do I tell people when they ask me your name? He says, I am, which I always thought was really strange and cool. Yeah. It feels it feels very close to what uh, Legion says, though, which is right. Which is remember <laughs> a these, little upsetting. <laughs> these things imitate. No, of right? course. But it's like when he says "I am," it, that's that has a level of it sits with me almost like reading one of the Buddhist sutra suras. Is it sutras? Sutras. sutras. One of the Buddhist sutras. It's that level of like a cosmic self-awareness. Right. And it's it's a complete break from this. This is essentially very but much like an exaggerated human being. And his first commandment to Moses is, uh, you shall have no other gods before me, which is a wild opening. Mm -hmm. You are, do not seem very enlightened right. when me, me, me is the first commandment that and you offer. And I think offer. that people have these experiences or people have these experiences and they interpret them the only way that they understood according to the culture that they lived in and the times that they lived in. If their notion of God was God is limited in his scope and he does this and we or he's a tribal god. So then do you argue we need a whole rehaul? Well, I think the do thing is Do we need a new Bible? Do we need a, what do we cuz all of it's in one book now. Mm -hmm. 
which allows people to just point to a part that they want to back them up. Because you can, and people have, the Nazis did, Mm -hmm. you can hang anything on the back of the Bible if you pull the right quote. Right. Well, I agree with you on that. So, does that make it fundamentally broken? Like, what? what is the I remedy think there? the remedy, first of all, is that, and this is going to sound really strange, and but And context matters. Something, That's part of it. Right. One line doesn't do a thing. You've got to look at everything, but... <laughs> more progressive Christian leaders, including Pope Francis, have said, we can't make an idol out of the Bible. Right? It's not there to be worshipped. The Bible is not a separate thing. It's, these are stories, and some of them are not going to be accurate, and some of these stretch far back in time. Okay, so we just need to keep reiterating right. that. But how long have people been saying that? Has it only been like 50 years it's that been, people have there been was, saying that? In this country, there was a lot of, in the last 100 years or so, 120 years, there's been a lot of movement towards uh, the fundamentals, as they call them, this notion that there are things in the Bible which... Uh, the Bible, first of all, is the unchangeable, unshakable word of God, and we have to embrace it. Which is Which asinine again, on its face when you walk into a bookstore and see literally 45 versions of right. the Right, and so the thing is that <laughs> the first thing that that you have to be aware of in looking at that is that the Bible is also written in three or more very ancient languages. Yes. Meh. At least two of which I believe are fully extinct. So yeah. we are getting what we can from yeah, these... Yeah, they're dead languages. They're right. very much dead languages. And our language doesn't... Um, we don't have words for a lot of what it says. Just the word love leaves right. us almost bereft. When you... Even <sighs> even reading um, even reading St. Paul's letters, of all things... You're very much aware. Solicitations for cash, everybody. A reminder that I'll never stop giving. He was writing people for money. (laughs) Go ahead. You become aware of the fact that there are, he says love and it means different things. Mm -hmm. And there are at least three different kinds of love that he's mentioning. And there are at least, what, five to seven different kinds of love and maybe more than that. Right. And so just the word love really is not doing it. (laughs) And so, so we need to be like the Inuit, and there are many words for snow. I don't when, know if that's actually right. true. It's something I heard as a kid, and now that I say it, I'm like, oh no, that might be horribly racist. <laughs> it's what I what I want to share with people today. The whole reason I brought it up is that first of all, looking at the book itself you're looking at a document that was taken over a very long period of time and those period, those ideas changed. Now, the God that Christianity embraces when you're looking through a catechism or you're looking through a book on modern Christian belief, God is does not change, does not repent of the things that he does. God is actually very kind of almost um, the whole idea of Christ existing is this sort of humanized God because he's very distant in a way, uh, although he's ultra, ultimately very personal. And he doesn't make errors, he doesn't make mistakes, he doesn't do these things that we do, but we're looking back in these scriptures and it says here he does all of those things. 
So, so you posited, or you put a question forth at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Who who is God? Right. Who is God, Lemuel? <laughs> you can't put a question forward and not have any answer. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, when we say who is God, we have to look at it through both our experience and through it's like we're interpreting it right uh-huh if i said for myself of who god is it would be based in what jesus said because god is actually very almost incomprehensible to me if i was going to give an interpretation to somebody and i have lots of friends who are agnostics or or atheists, although more agnostic Hello than atheists. Hello over there. Right. <laughs> it's, I always tell them because they have an issue with the idea of God, but their idea of God is very different. Well, they're give outside of the church, mm-hmm. what we are told is, old man, white beard, sits right. on cloud. Which is <laughs> Zeus or something, it right? It's not. It is, 100%. It's not. Or Odin. Right. But yes. <laughs> This isn't what we're, what Christianity is embracing. So, like, when we have this sort of but issue with it. We get it from Christian shows. We right. get it from, we're not, we don't make that up out right. here. We are fed that from you guys. Yeah, well, it's, it's informed by Michelangelo and William Blake and these other people who are trying to put something into, you know, William Blake's God creating the world. I, I know, I know. I don't um, like William Blake's writings. I don't care for his artses. <laughs> but what I find interesting is that almost invariably, if I put this in a science fiction context with these same people, they'll get it. So if I said, so what is God? And they'll tell me, like, well, male Caucasian between 45 and 50 years old. Sits in the cloud, long beard. That's what I heard. So, and I'm going, okay. That's the one thing I'm positive God isn't. (laughs) Well, we know from Jesus, (laughs) God has no gender. Yeah, I saw TikToks the other day that was like rebutting somebody saying God is never de- described in a feminine way and right. then they just bust out with all of the places in the Bible right. where it is a mother or right. a mother's love or I, that is how God is described right. in the book. Absolutely. So but Jesus himself yeah. says no there's your your it's not like you are married or given and which is again the dispute with the Mormons for instance you're not married in heaven. You're not given in marriage in heaven. You're like angels. You're like spirits, like God himself. You're neither male nor female. It's like mm. God is everything because That's the thing. they're God. So the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the crux of what I understood God to be through the very limited religious studies that I did the words that were attributed that mm-hmm. stuck in my brain were omnipotent, mm-hmm. omnipresent, and omniscient. Okay? Right. <laughs> Which means everywhere, everything, all the time, forever. Right. 
And so I'm just like, oh, we can't comprehend God because we have tiny human puny brains. Which is why (laughs) when Jesus... And also it means I am God. When Jesus appears... And you are God. And that blanket of Gojira is God. (laughs) Anyhow. Omni. (laughs) Is when Jesus starts explaining who God is. He'll mention... God as God the Father only because he's using the cultural specifics of well, Father passes on authority to the Son, so God's passing on authority to me as a Son. Now here's the thing. God doesn't have a gender. God is greater than this town. God is greater than these people. God is for everyone. So he sets up a very universal idea of God. Well, especially because gender is a 100% 100% cultural construct. Not just a cultural construct. Even if you look at it inside of the idea that you need two different kinds to that's reproduce. Sex, that's right. not gender. No, but even if you look at it that way. Yeah. Right? It's still not. God doesn't. Why? Why would God need that? That's a condition of being on earth and needing to reproduce. God yeah, doesn't no. do that. No. Right? So what yeah, he's God doesn't have chromosomes. No. That's not a thing. No, and so <laughs> what it's describing, in other words, what Jesus is describing and what the early church is describing, like we read there, is something completely, like, we will not understand what it is. I like, in some ways, the Muslim idea of God in that they can't, they have very careful language about referring to God. Yeah, they yeah. won't refer to it as a he necessarily, but they'll say God is, God does, right, God. Right, they, they And I like that. Default to that as being its own pronoun. Right. Basically. Um, I know that the Jew- Jewish people don't say, like, they're mm-hmm. really careful about saying the names of Oh, yeah, they don't, God, they don't. Right, they don't. Which is crazy to me because they also name all of their sons the names of God. <laughs> well, I'm named Lemuel. <laughs> yeah. Right? Consecrated to the service of Jehovah. Jehovah... Yahweh, these are words that are used in place of the in actual sacred of, Yes, yeah. Because you yeah. can't, you're not supposed to say But it. this also feels very much like the Buddhist mm-hmm. um, sort of where you end up, right? Right. Going back to all things. Yeah. It's a circle. See, and that's kind of what went up. I was going to say Ka is a circle. Um, <laughs> and Stephen King picked up on it and put it in all of Well, Stephen life. King has been a <laughs> goes to church every Sunday. He knows these ideas. Um, I think the thing is that when you... I was trying to explain what I felt about God and the most I could come up with is that imagine the universe as infinite and as broad and as wide as it is as an intelligent being. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically what the Buddhists... Right. But this is also when... And the same stuff brings us back to the fact that we're star stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what carbon is made... What what human beings are made out of... Right. Only is found in the center of stars. Yeah. So that's where we all came from. We're star stuff. But it's it's one step. And when I said I can explain to people like in a science fiction context, right? Because when I speak to people and confront them with church language, they're looking at me like, what? (laughs) like eminent and unchangeable 
And so, in other words, or I can use language from another religion like Buddhism. Yeah. I actually find Buddhism provides a lot of good. It does, yeah. Uh, and you can actually use the Tao to explain God. Because it does feel a little bit like Buddhism looked at creation mm -hmm. and the universe and right. went, we're not going to understand it. We're just going to have to think real hard about right. it for a long time. And maybe, maybe every once in a while, we'll have a little glint of understanding. Apparently, what helps with that? Mushrooms. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, well, a lot of people who have become intoxicated okay. by psilocybin say that they Since kind you of brought can up the mushrooms, see... Here's something that I will offer in the counter to Is the mushrooms. Is it a mushroom? No. Because <laughs> I would like to try something. What did Jesus... Moses and Muhammad have in common? They were men. <laughs> well, they all went out to the desert for 40 days. Yeah. Yes. They did not eat they, or yeah. they did drink I'm sure that they ate something and drank something well, that you no. cannot survive. Apparently, people still do this. We so just watched possible. a movie. Right. Um, and they were baby birding. Right. <laughs> so well, I, but that's a movie. Again, think about it. it's still done by very devout people that bring themselves very close to death in doing this. Um, but they ration their water and they eat almost well nothing. Now that I don't know, that means that they eat nothing until the day is over. That's probably whatever. what it is. It's probably a fast, but similar to a Ramadan fast, where when the sun Jesus is up, goes out in the eat. desert for forty days. He he knocks himself into a little bit and of a And he goes into a state a where he's actually yeah. confronting the devil. And I thought that was always very interesting. It's like, though, this is when you see the... One of the few times you see the devil working in the life of Christ is this notion of... It's like he's confronting something that's there that he has to get past in order to become who he is. Uh-huh. And so it's like I won't go so far as to encourage mushrooms, but what I will say is that that I might know. be a safer path than being dehydrated in the desert. I would like to point out that right. um, mushrooms come from a natural-grown thing right. on this earth. But what made all the natural-grown things on this earth? What? Who, who did I'm that? I'm not going to advocate <laughs> drug use. No, I know. I'm not mm -hmm. saying. But what I am saying is a mm -hmm. lot of people who, even if they just microdose it, right. there is a level of understanding of how they fit into the universe, which mm -hmm. feels very much but like being able to see that thing that our little puny human brains I went out to the, the desert. I've been out there twice, right? Yeah, and you came back with not... You did the wrong mushrooms. Well, no, I, I didn't do the mushrooms. Do I inhaled it. They got into my spine. They ate a lot. Well, anyhow, the point is that there is a quality of being out with this huge empty sky and miles of nothing that does sort of get to you, yeah. even for a couple of hours. Yeah. And I'm imagining if you are out there for days, then you start mm -hmm. connecting with things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in any... that these people start having these ideas about God after these experiences. Right. Mortifying the flesh, as, as they used to say. Um, again, I would be very careful recommending that Don't now. Don't do because that either. Yeah. We, it, we, yeah. Uh, no. It's, because we don't want to want anybody hurt right. in their search of anything, and really. If, but certainly in not. In any way that you do this, do it under supervision. But my idea is also, though, that to me, that really is what comes across as God. This 
I will. I don't know that I will have outside of being in the outdoors and seeing this huge open sky and just feeling this life. You mm-hmm. know, there was a, a coming back from that first trip to Arizona, driving the car at night, right? Or I'm the passenger. Yeah. And there is a fire off by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Miles and oh, miles no. away. In okay. The dark. I'm like, did you think it was a burning bush? <laughs> no, but it very much and it 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 was caught up in the wind and it looked for the all the world like the column of fire that it mm-hmm. mentions. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is, this is, it, I got chills because it's mm. that kind of feeling that yeah. you get, that you're aware of something else that's infinitely old and knows everything, yeah. knows every single living thing is a part of everything that's ever been, but aside from not just being like a force, it's also an intelligence. See, that's and that's that where, where we, we part company, that's right? That's where we split. Which yep. is the notion that there is something that's infinitely wise and infinitely old, but it's also self-aware. And I think that's the division that I have with a lot of my friends who have these ideas. I am means I know what I am, right? Yep. It, it, and it, well, and it's very, very. I mean, it, we pull it mm. through to twentieth-century philosophy, right? With Kant, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's saying the same thing, but he's saying it as a human man philosophizing. Right. I think, therefore, I am. There's a, there's a very interesting, I read, there's a, Kingsley Amos wrote a horror book called The Green Man. I think it's Kingsley Amos. Um, and in it, it's about a, a retired, um, a retiree who the cart, not caught. Sorry, let okay. me just. I mm, it was, it was what uh, it was for me. The cart. It just also, there are not a bunch of words for snow in Inuit language. Ooh, okay. There are three base forms: falling snow, fallen snow, and um, one other one. But it's not. It that was a. Racist trope. So I want to apologize and um, adjust that statement as well. They have um, falling snow, fallen snow, and snow on the ground. So, and some of them don't have all three. Some of the the languages don't have all three, but they all have those base words. But then this thing also says, hey, the seven most common English words for snow are snow, hail, sleet, ice, icicle, slush, and snowflake. It also has the words glacier, pack, powder, crud, and crust. So, 12 languages for snow in English, so it's not right. that nuts. Anyway, so I wanted to just clarify that I I made a racist claim earlier, and I apologize, and I will not be repeating it in the future. Right. Okay. Are we keeping all that? Yeah, because I'm, I'm apologizing, okay. or I'm cutting my thing out from earlier. I don't know. One of the two. Right. And I might mo- I'll move it yeah. so that it's not out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I I didn't want to say a right, thing no, so blatantly wrong. And the same thing with Kant. I don't know why I thought that that was... Well, this is the, the struggle that I have all the time, is that I have like 2,000 years of history to draw on. I'm like, oh, I said the wrong thing. Who said what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. It wasn't Erasmus. <laughs> like, <laughs> it and was you look never at me like, Erasmus. <laughs> you look He's at me like... the lupus okay, of Erasmus. history. <laughs> but it's like, what? What, Augustine, Erasmus? What the... What? 
but I know that saints. I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think that there is a. I often wonder about when, not when, but the awareness of God and what it's a part, uh, how that even works. And so, I'm willing to take that step and say, no, I I think it's aware. And I'll use the term he often. Because that's because we default to right. he in our language. I'll tell I you, think I'll, that we should just start defaulting to they generally and across right, the board. Which is the the way that God is described in in the Old Testament a lot of times. It also would just help with women, like women mm-hmm. generally. Um, people discount when they hear a, sh- uh, a female pronoun. They'll discount the rest of what's being said if it's she says whatever mm-hmm. she. Well, and that women do that and men do that we because have, we are in a patriarchal society. Friends uh, who are going through transitions. Yes. And one of the things that I had, a, or who are just trans right. and aren't actually transitioning right. anywhere. One of the friends uh, I was asked to refer to their child as they, and I'm like, in the beginning, it gave me a moment, and she said, "Why?" It's like, well, because they is how you refer to God. It's 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 a it's weird also one. how you refer to anybody whose gender you don't right. know. Right, and and so I I've now gotten used to that. It's they in a lowercase. We're right. not uppercasing <laughs> they. We're not equating. But yeah, I mean, it's it's also uh, something I'll share very quickly here is that it became. I, I had an experience today, right? Uh, there's a staircase out behind our our job. Yes, and there's 84 stairs to it. I would know I will never go up and down. <laughs> and I, I will go them. down them if my car's at the bottom. I'm not coming up. So. I walk them three times a day. Uh, up and down the first time. Up and down twice the second time. Up and down three times. And that's part of my physical therapy. Right. Um, I'm probably doing a little bit more than they're asking me to, but I just need very much to stay in some sort of condition. Um well, given that you eat six bites of food a day, yeah, it's a little bit much, but go ahead. <laughs> and today, I didn't realize how close we were to two temples, two synagogues. Oh, I know there's Beth, Beth Abraham at the end of the street. Yeah. Is Beth and Israel pretty close, too? Is yes, that the is. other one? That's one of the two that we service at the job as locksmiths. And as I was walking down the staircase... I uh, I hear someone playing a shofar. Not playing, you're blowing a shofar. Yeah, you don't really play. There's not, yes, there's not fingerings. It's a horn and you blow into it. And for a moment, I had this like... Um, uh, I had this moment where I was, I, I was... I didn't like... It struck, this is how thoroughly indoctrinated I am, um, or I was. It's like the first thing that came to mind was, that's it. The angel has blasted the trumpet, and now the seven vials of wrath are going to be unleashed. Oh, and no. <laughs> Your first thought was, it's Armageddon? Right, which, which is, because I'm appropriate of nothing on the street. But it was really loud and really insistent. It came out of nowhere. It's a very unearthly sound for those who haven't heard when blown. It is. I can attest to that. I've only heard it once. And I was joking afterwards with one of my coworkers, who was also raised in the church. And I said, and the whole time I'm just sitting there, and I realize in the back of my mind, I'm going, I come before you humbled and sorrowful, aware of my sin, 
and re- ready to repent. Lord, forgive. I'm like, wait, am I, wait, what am I doing? It's like I don't. <laughs> This is not happening right now, and I'm not... Except what if it was? Because you believe that it's going to happen, right? I don't... Or do you? I think that this is a misinterpretation, misinterpretation okay. so of Okay, so at it, some point we should talk about right, revelations exactly. and, and... And we will. What's coming down But I mean, that's why, I, in the very first place, I want to talk about this, because you have to start with, well, who is this God person, yes. and what does he do? So. so, again, just the idea, if it helps to think of it as everything being the step that Christianity and the other a lot of religions bring often is feedback into this. It also mm-hmm. it resonates with my little pagan heart that is barely pagan, but mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, all the same. We're all the same. We're made right. out of the same stuff, we're all the same and the energy connects us. That that's to me that's God. Right. But yeah. An old man sitting in the No no. Also, no one sitting in judgment. Because to me, this is the basic, the basis of this. There is also no heaven or hell, which mm. we can get into in a different. Right. We don't need to start. I think. But even right. if you believe that it's a consciousness that is aware, uh-huh. I do not. If it is, and it made hell, I would like to have some words. <laughs> we need to talk. So, I but think that's fine. We can talk about another idea in a separate of addressing it is really that we made hell, but we can discuss that. Yeah, we'll discuss that separately, time. right? That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, and if you like it, please subscribe and leave us a review. That really helps us, and share it with a friend, maybe. We have. An internet home without com. Our show notes and links to stories we talk about can be found there. You can find us on Twitter at WithoutWorksPod. You can find us on Facebook without works, uh, by typing WithoutWorksPodcast into the search bar. And you can find us on at email by emailing us WithoutWorksPod at gmail.com. All of those are handy dandy links on the website. So please just head over to the website and take a look around. I've been Amity and he's been Lemuel. 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 And we urge you to go out and do something good.